0: Welcome to today on Broadway for Tuesday, October thirty first. Happy Halloween, everybody! I am Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini,
1: and I'm Tell Me on the Sunday Podcast, Grace Aki.
0: Grace, I'm not going to ask about your Audrey Salman X costume. We're just putting that to bed. But I hope that everybody is uh, getting ready for a safe and fun Halloween. Whatever your plans are, it, it is a little bit of a bummer when it's on a Tuesday. Because like, it's not really a party night, so I don't think anyone's going to go out and do anything exciting. I did see a lot of people in costumes on social media over the weekend. But stay safe. Don't eat any candy with razor blades in it or anything like that. But I'm sure that there will still be plenty of people having fun on Tuesday night. So uh, enjoy that. And don't forget, send us pictures of uh, your theater-related Halloween costumes. We would like to see those. Also, we have some fun stuff coming up in the Patreon feed starting today. So I've got a couple interviews. I'm not exactly sure which one's going to go up first, but it'll be a surprise. Head over to patreon.com slash Radio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon to find out along with everybody else. All right, Grace, we're going to start off with the news that I've been waiting three, maybe even four years for. Because yesterday it was confirmed that the long-awaited musical Limpico will be coming to Broadway this spring. We already pretty much knew that was going to be happening because of the equity casting notice that we'd previously talked about. But it will finally hit Broadway after previously playing the Williamstown Theater Festival and the La Jolla Playhouse. And it was confirmed that Eden Espinoza will return to the title role. The book and lyrics and the concept are by Carson Kritzer. And she co-wrote the book with Matt Gould, who also provided the music. It is directed by Rachel Chavkin and Raja Feather Kelly provides the choreography. This show is is based on a real-life person, uh, Tamara de Lempica, or as Grace and I found out beforehand with the Polish pronunciation, it would be, what is it, Lempiska? Is that what we decided, Grace?
1: Lempicka.
0: You are much better at that uh, than I am. She was a Polish painter and a young aristocrat who fled her husband during the turmoil of the Russian Revolution and lived in exile in Paris. Once there, she met a new muse, Rafaela, And uh, she kind of clawed her way to success. Uh, Grace, as we've talked about, even as as recently as yesterday's show, this has had a, a number of stars attached to it throughout the years, including one who is in the other room from you right now. And we don't know who else is going to be a part of this. They kind of just focused on the fact that Eden is the star. And I think that's great that they are putting her front and center, but the La Jolla production that ran in 2022 featured Amber Amon as Rafaela and George Abood as Limpika's husband. We don't know if either of them are going to be involved. Uh, Amber is also the lead of another show that is currently kind of working its way to Broadway, but you can hear three songs from that La Jolla cast that have been released. And I have been listening to them on repeat for all of Monday So I'm very excited about this one, Grace, one that I think a lot of people, especially like the in the people who are really deep in the theater community and like whether or not they work in it or just like really into all of the the machinations of it, have been waiting for this one for a very, very long time.
1: And if you're gay. You also probably like it. I'm really excited. Yes. I'm really <laughs> more more lady love uh, on Broadway. Yeah, we never got to see, you know, a, a Cinderella Snow White kiss in Once Upon a One More Time. So if this is what I get, this is what I get.
0: They Okay, look, hold on. Yeah, They come on. they so missed an opportunity. They're like, why do you have like the one love song and the whole show be between those two if you're not going to pay it off?
1: But maybe, you know what? Uh, two two lovely women are allowed to platonically love each other and that's the beauty of female totally. friendships. But maybe smash some face for once. I can't wait for Limpica. <laughs> I can't wait. It's hot. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, having never physically seen it. Um, I also really also appreciate the artwork. I think that it's a gorgeous, ex- yes. I hope it will be a gorgeous exploration of not only this artist, but the artwork. Um, because she kind of had like a rediscovery much later after she would passed away. And I think that this is another leg of that. So I, for one, am very excited for this possibility.
0: So as I do, after every show is announced, I went over to my handy dandy spreadsheet and I realized that I'd been saying something that was incorrect just because my spreadsheet had something wrong. But as of now, there are just three theaters that do not have shows confirmed for the spring. I i I'd been previously saying three, including The Long Acre, which we didn't mention. Um, Limpika is going to go into The Long Acre Theater. It will begin performances on March 19th ahead of an April 14th opening night. But now that The Long Acre is gone, we have Circle in the Square, which I had somehow neglected to highlight properly in my spreadsheet. So we've got Circle in the Square, the James Earl Jones and the Schubert. I believe... At least one of those, if not two of those, already have occupants slotted in there. But for now, we don't know. So there are three theaters that do not have anything officially announced. I think that there are up to three shows that could be closing between now and in January, you know, after the holidays. So there are potentially six open houses, I think, for this season. And I know that there are other shows that are still trying to figure out if they're coming in this season. We know an enemy of the people is coming. We just do not yet know what theater that they are going into. So there are other opportunities for shows to come in if they want to. Obviously, the theater owners, uh, most of those theaters, are Schubert houses, inclu- actually uh, two of the three that are currently available, and all three of the ones that could potentially become available are Schubert houses. So the Schubert's would, would like to get shows into those houses. So there's still room for some moving pieces and musical chairs here, Grace. I don't know how many shows are ready to pull the trigger for this season or not, but we do have a little bit more room to throw in some last-minute surprises uh, here in the next few months. All right, yesterday we did get a little bit of news about another show that is coming to Broadway this year. And that is the fact that Tony nominee Atu Blankson Wood has joined the cast of the Broadway revival of Cabaret. He will be playing the role of Cliff opposite Eddie Redmayne and Gail Rankin as the MC and Sally Bowles, respectively. Further casting, which has had some pretty wild rumors, not wild, but some pretty exciting rumors. Will be announced at a later date. Grace, you talked about at least the version you saw in London. There's a lot of the songs taken from Cliff and given to the MC. So I'd be interested to see how that plays out in, in this production. But anytime you can add Atu into a cast, it is usually fantastic uh, because he's really, really tremendous. But the show will begin performances on April 1st at the August Wilson Theater with an opening night set for April 20th for like the gala and then the embargoes on the 21st. So uh, I haven't seen it, Grace, but I love the fact that he is going to be in this with these other two stars.
1: Yeah, I think he's an incredible actor. I'm hoping that he continues to do these really incredibly prestigious shows. <laughs> like, but he. you know what I mean? like. I don't feel like his career has missed. Of course, I'm like speaking so tangentially, but like, I just think he's he's so he's so frighteningly talented that I can't wait to see what more he does. And the fact that he's in this production with those caliber actors like and playing that role, it's it's really special. I just I can't wait. I really can't wait.
0: Yeah. Cliff is often like kind of a boring, stupid. exactly. Lame.
1: Also, yeah. also gay. Let's be frank. Um, i happy to <laughs> offline about that. Yeah. Um, well, not
0: offline. It's that. in the script. It's in the script. Yeah. But uh, but getting on to, to do that part, like I think just adds a lot of gravitas to it and, and adds a lot of heft to a role that normally doesn't have that. So uh, I'm very excited to see what happens with that moving forward. All right, one more really exciting Broadway story. Yesterday, the League of Livestream Theater announced that it will partner with the Manhattan Theater Club to present the final week of the Broadway run of Jaja's African Hair Braiding via Livestream. Livestream performances will begin on Tuesday, November 14th and will include all evening and matinee performances through Sunday, November 19th. Tickets to the Livestream performances will be $69 and are available online. Now, Grace... You and I are going to be at one of the performances that's going to be live streamed. I am just realizing. Because we are so going cool. to. I know. <laughs> we're we're going to stand up and wave to the camera uh, like five minutes in, okay? Uh, we're going to be there on Friday the 17th, which is very fun that we're going to be there. But Second Stage has been doing this a lot with the shows at the Helen Hayes Theater. Um, and obviously, not for profit theaters have a little bit more flexibility with these things. But a show like. Jajas, which I well, i have not seen yet, but I've heard just incredible things like I'm very excited that this is something that is being done for any show, but especially for a show like this that is featuring one of our great playwrights and then also representing a population that just doesn't get I don't think a lot of people outside of the theater community think of as being uh, the subject of Broadway plays. I think this is really important and really special. So um, excited to be in the room when this happens and then also great, grateful that People who won't be in the room will still be able to see the show. All right, let's do some real quick reviews here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these. Of course, we will have a link in the show notes if you want to read more of them, but on Sunday night, the new play Stereophonic opened at the Playwrights Horizons, and it is written by David and Jimmy with featuring songs by Will Butler and is directed by Daniel Oiken. The cast features Will Brill, Andrew R. Butler, Juliana Canfield, Eli Gelb, Tom Pasinka, Sarah Pigeon, and Chris Stack. And Grace, these reviews were very, very good.
1: Yeah. Of course they were. <laughs> yeah, we we knew
0: that was going to happen, but they were tremendous. Jesse Green of The New York Times made the show a critic's pick, and he was talking about how, like, it's a play, but it includes music, but it's not just like a play with music. Like, it's really integrated into the story. Um, so he was kind of talking about how you categorize it, but he says... So however you want to categorize stereophonic, perhaps it's a placicle, the great thing is that it doesn't flounder, as most theatrical treatments of the artistic process do, on either side of the genre divide. The music justifies the long buildup, and the play, a Jimmy's best so far, is as rich and lustrous as they come. You could even call it platinum. Jackson McHenry of Vulture said, quote, This cast can pull off of Jimmy's naughty dialogue scenes, and they're all remarkable musicians able to jam in perfect synchronization and, as the plot often demands, total discord. Brill, so nervy and raw as Astrov and Uncle Vanya this summer, is almost frayed to pieces as Reg, able to contort his body into postures that range from unsettling to pathetically funny. Across from him, Canfield makes Holly that much more careful and precise. Stack draws on an element of Monty Python-ish good humor, but is able to downshift into brawler mode at any moment. Pasinka and Pigeon, together, get the lived-in savagery of a long relationship, allowing Peter and Diana to be as sweet as they are cruel to each other. And finally, Tim Teeman of Daily Beast said, quote, You know a piece of theater has done something right, when many days later it is still provoking pinpricks of intrigue. Revelation and mystery in one's mind. And so it is with Stereophonic, one of the most original, stunningly designed, and technically dazzling plays in New York right now. Stereophonic is a must experience rather than simply a must see. And it is good to note that once the show is opened, Playwrights Horizons announced that it has extended for three, uh, three additional weeks and will play through December 17th. Grace, this was already on my list of things to try to see. This has moved up to the very, very top of things that I'm going to be reaching out to try to get tickets for while I'm in town, either in November or December.
1: Yeah, sure. I'll go with you. Jeez, Matt, God, like, of course. Um, No, I mean, this is no shock to any of us. Um, I've also been following a lot of, like, dramaturg friends, and they've been talking nonstop about it. So I'm really, really excited that it did get this type of reception, knowing that a lot of people that I love and respect um, have talked at length about this show. So congratulations to all of them, to everybody involved. Also, Juliana Canfield. What if you did more shows? Um, What if (laughs) – are you free – after this, like what what else is going on? Because um, need to see her on stage more.
0: Yeah. All right. Yesterday, the Brooklyn Academy of Music announced the complete cast for our class, which will begin performances on January 12th. We've previously talked about this as an award winning play. It is by Igor Golok and begins previews at the Bam Fisher space on January 12th with an opening night on January 18th. It is a limited run scheduled just through February 4th. The full cast, and I'm just going to give you some of them. You can read the rest in the show notes, but it features one of my favorites from last season, Gus Burney, Jack DeFalco, Alexandra Silber, always one of my favorites, Richard Topple and Ilya Volok. You can read the uh, entire cast and much more about this show in the show notes. And we've previously talked about the new play Lone Star, which will begin performances at Theater Row on Saturday, November 25th. They announced the final member of the cast and the cast rounded out with Barton Cooperwaith, who is joining Anna Isabel, Ryan McCartan, and Matt Duragatis. This will be the show's off Broadway premiere. It is written by James McClure. All right, Grace. I'm going to wrap up with a couple of recommendations that come to us from the disco and the a couple members of the cast of Here Lies Love have been doing uh, songs from the show unplugged, and they've got a couple of them: "Walk Like a Woman" and "Opposite Attractions." We'll throw those in the show notes. There might be more of them, so check the social media feeds. These are the ones that I was able to see and pull together. But really great. I love anytime people do these things, Grace. Where it's like the show tunes that you know, and then they like break them down like Josh Henry. Whenever he's in a show, he does like the hallway things. Uh, those are always very, very cool. So I love these and I love the cast of Here Lies Love, putting those out into the world. All right, that is all that we have for you today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on all forms of social media for the time being at It's Grace Aki.
0: All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Tuesday, a wonderful and safe happy Halloween. We will talk to you tomorrow.